Good morning, Ascent Church. I'm Bill Stevens, one of the pastors here, and it's so good to share Sunday with you guys this morning. Hey, I am in the strangest spot I've ever been when it comes to doing a sermon. I am on the roof of our Sam's Club. There are, there are times, you guys, there are times where I look at, at the, my job and my life and I think, what in the world am I doing? What am I on the roof of this place for? Well, you guys, the reason why I'm here is I thought of the most isolating, desolate place that I know. If, if I could describe this, it's the moon. It's the closest thing I know to the moon, especially on a hot summer day. We used to come out here in the summer to hang something up or to fix a skylight, and, and it'd just be so stinking, just hot and bright, and just it's just isolating. Well, who in the world would ever choose, choose, this kind of isolation? Why would we choose this? Today, we're gonna talk about something where we actually choose isolation and it's not healthy for us. We choose isolation, it's an issue that we all face and we don't wanna talk about it. See, in this series that we've been in for the last, the last four or five weeks, we're gonna call it making it, we've been calling it Make It Matter. Make it matter. All the things that Jesus is doing in us, his love, his grace, his mercy. How do we make that matter in our community, in our families, in this world? We talk about how are we making that matter? All that, the beauty of what God has done inside, how are we making it matter in this world? Well, today we're talking about making it matter with this. Making it matter with our finances. Making it matter with, with our credit cards. Making it matter with what's in our wallets. Although for me in my wallet right now, it's just a bunch of receipts, so hard to make it matter with a Chipotle receipt, but, um, and, and maybe that's why it's hard for me to make it matter, because I got no cash to make it matter with. We'll talk about that today. You guys, we don't talk about this. We actually choose the moon. We choose isolation. We say, don't talk to me about what you make, I won't talk to you about what I make. Don't talk to me about what you spend it on, and I won't talk to you about what I spend it on. Don't talk to me about what you save. Don't talk to me about what you give. And man, don't talk to me about what I should save and what I should give. We choose isolation in a subject that we all deal with. All of us do. We all have it. We all spend it. We all have some debt around it. We all wish we were better at saving it. And I think we're all, we, we all wish we were better at giving it. I, we sit around and go, gosh, I wish I could give more. Or I wish I could give or I wish I had the habit, but we don't. And so we choose this straight isolation and say, man, I'll just deal with this on my own. Jackie and I, man, we, for me, I'm a guy that, that shares stuff with people, with mentors in my life, and I say, I need some help. Give me some guidance. I'll ask people in my life that are older and far wiser about, about my faith. I'll ask them about my, my marriage. I'll ask them about raising kids. I'll ask them about managing a church and managing all of you guys. Man, I, I'll ask about lots of that stuff. I won't ask about money. I won't ask about generosity, because that's too sensitive. It brings up too many hard things that I've dealt with in my past with this. When Jackie and I, the journey that we've had when we first started talking about, and, and in our marriage, talking about generosity and finances and all that, we didn't have any. 
We were barely making any money. We were living paycheck to paycheck. And so things like how are we making it matter, that wasn't even a conversation for us. We just knew we couldn't. And so we just didn't. And then later on, we started making a little bit of money. We started making, son of a gun, did I just say fart? <laughs> we farted. Can we do that? Can we just keep going? Yeah. <laughs> we farted. Okay. Just later on? Okay. So then, then later on, when we started to actually make a little bit more money, we started putting some money, we started giving some money away. But it was, it was the smallest amount we could come up with. You know, we gave 100, 150 bucks or something like that. And we said, I'm gonna give that. It wasn't something that, was, that, was, that we were sacrificing. It wasn't something we felt. It was actually just something that made us feel a little bit better about ourselves, that we at least were giving something. It was, even when we were doing our taxes, it, wasn't, it didn't show up as a, wow, look at how much you gave. And you didn't do anything. It was none of that. We just gave because you're supposed to, but we didn't feel there wasn't, it wasn't. It didn't address any of the issues on the inside. And so we still felt a lot of the same stuff. And then later, as we got even, we made it a little bit more money. We, then we started to, to, to look at student loans and all of the other expenses. We're going, we can't bump any of that up now. We can't afford that now with the way we were choosing to live. That's been our journey. It hasn't been until recent that we actually started to look at what does it look like to make this a, a heart matter and to really address this and have it in line with what God is doing in my life. See, we would go to church during those years and, and when, when you'd hear someone preach on money, we would do the same thing many of you guys would do. We would just go, oh man, here it comes, guilt trip on money. You know, that's, that's the way we would feel too. And you know why? It's because that was our mask to keep us from having to address the real issues that were going on in our life. It, it, was, it, was, it was just the, we would bring up all of the feelings and we just call it the church is doing that. See, See, with all of us, when it comes to this, we, it brings up issues of resentment, envy, anger, disappointment, frustration. It's not fair. Man, we all, those kinds of feelings, this brings that up. Embarrassment, and, and those are heart feelings. Now, when we start talking about heart feelings, that means we're talking about Jesus because Jesus sets up shop on our hearts and he is working on the stuff on the inside. And as soon as we start talking heart, Jesus starts talking about it. That's why he actually said, he, he, said, he said, man, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. Wherever we put our treasures, that's where our heart is. And so he knew this was a heart issue. And so he wanted to speak into that. He spoke into it a number of times during his ministry. And if Jesus spoke into it, then we're going to. Here at Ascent, man, we're just going to follow Jesus' lead. And if Jesus is speaking into that, that helps us to, to, to have a healthier perspective on our hearts and our connection with the Lord and how we can make it matter with somebody else, we're going to talk about that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Spend some more time digging into the heart matters that come up from trying to make it matter with our finances.
Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us this morning. And Maurice is going to read a little bit of scripture for us this morning. I'm going to get back downstairs and we're going to unpack this a little bit more together. We'll unpack it confidently because Jesus unpacked it with us. Father, we are, we are praying this morning that you would bless this morning, bless our time. We pray that you would help us speak into this. God, help us to be like I spoke at a couple of weeks ago. Help us to be wax instead of, instead of clay. We don't wanna be hardened by this and fight it. We wanna receive what you have for us when it comes to being generous and to look at all of our finances in light of what you want for us and what are you doing on our hearts in the, in the midst of a subject that so many of us choose the moon instead of talking about it, addressing it, and stepping closer to you with it. God, that's what we want to do today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But at these words, he was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. All right, well, good morning, you guys. Uh, 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 in person, good morning. Man, I had to run. I'm exhausted from upstairs in the, on the roof to get down here for this. Um, no, I, I wore the same shirt to, to um, trick you into thinking that's what I did, but I, I didn't. I filmed that yesterday. So, um, you guys, I'm glad that you guys are here. It's fun that you guys are here today. Um, we are. We're talking about a subject that is that is is a hard subject to talk about because we so isolate ourselves when it comes to this conversation. Uh, like I said, up there on the roof, it's 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 crazy how we we look at this and we think we think well, I'm going to keep this to myself. And this is only my issue when the person right next to you has the same stuff that's going on in their life. And some of those same feelings come up in their life. But we can't talk about that. How crazy is it that we'll talk about everything else, anything else that's on our hearts and that we're, that we're dealing with, that, that might be, that might be um, that causing some emotion that's kind of dominating our life? We won't talk about this one. But Jesus knows that every one of us have, have some journey with this, and we're all dealing with it in one way or another. And sometimes it's worse than other times. He knows that, and he wants to speak into that. And we have to be willing to receive that and to hear it and to talk through it together. And that's what we want to, want to do today. Look, here's, here's where I want us to go. The, 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 the series that we... We, we have up there is, is Make It Matter. That's the series that we would normally have, okay? So Make It Matter. That's what, we, that's what we've been dealing with for the last six weeks or so. And what, what's happening in this Make It Matter series and what I've been trying to share with you each time I've come up here to talk is that, is that when, Jesus, when, when Jesus came into this world, 
he introduced to us the kingdom of God. Remember when we pray, we pray thy, king, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he, he's introducing to us the kingdom of God. What God is trying to do with the kingdom of God is he's got a will for every one of us. He's coming to each one of you, whether you believe it or not, whether you, you've been coming to church for your whole life or this is your first time you've ever, a neighbor dragged you here today. He's coming to each person and he's saying, I got, oh, my purpose, my will for you in your life is for you to grow more and more like my son. And so God is at work in us. His transforming work is on our hearts. He's working from the inside out, transforming us into the likeness of his son. And as he's doing that, this allows us to live out the great, the two great commands that he gives us in our life. Because he's going, this is the kingdom of God. This is how I want the kingdom of God to be played out. He says, I want you to love me with your heart, with all of your heart. As God's working that transforming work in our heart, he's going, I want you to love me with all of your heart. I want you to love me with all of your soul. To the depth of who you are, I want you to love me with all of your soul. With all of your mind. I don't want you to... to, to to just kind of give me a little piece of that, but I want you to love me with all of your mind and I want you to love me with all of your strength. See, God is looking at us going, that's the life I want you to live. That is the abundant life that I want you to live. Love me with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as you do, as the transforming work happens, as we grow more and more into the likeness of Christ, that's called sanctification and that's his will for us. As we grow more and more into the likeness of Christ, as we, as we love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then we respond to the other commandment that's just as important as the first, that we would love our neighbor as we love ourselves, that we would make it matter, that we take that love that God has poured out on us and we're saying we're going to make it matter in somebody else's life. The disciples asked, who's my neighbor? And he said, everyone, anyone, your enemy, your friend, the person that you fully agree with, the person that you don't agree with, everyone's my neighbor. And he's going, I want you to love them the way my son has loved you and is transforming you. You know that mercy you're receiving? I want you to pour out that mercy. You know that grace you're receiving? I want you to pour out that grace. See, that's the kingdom of God at work. That's what God's doing in each one of our lives, whether you feel it or not or know it or not, that's what God's doing in our lives. And as he's doing that, see what Jesus is doing. And Jesus knows that this is my job to help cultivate that, to tend to that soil, to help make that happen. As, as, that's, as that's happening, Jesus will recognize the things that will scramble that plan. Jesus will recognize the things that will thwart it, the things that will hinder it, the things that will block it. And he'll want to speak to those things because he knows this is life. The life that God has, has for us. And so he will look at things like our anger and he'll say, man, if you're carrying anger, that's going to scramble what my father's trying to do. And so, so we're going we're gonna to address that anger. We're going we're gonna to look at that. We want to unpack that a little bit more. For people that are struggling with fear, and some of you guys, you, 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 there's certain times in your life, and we're dealing right now with high school graduation, college graduation. You got some fear about what's happening next in your life. 
And he wants to speak into that. And he's going, man, perfect love drives out fear. Why does he say that? Because his ultimate work is for us to grow more and more like him. For us to love God with all that we've got. And so he's looking at something like fear. And he's going, that's going to scramble that. And so I'm going to help get, take that out so you can have confidence in who I am and live this life the way I want you to live it because this is where you're going to find joy, not just now but for eternity, no matter what the circumstances are. If you're holding on to, to, to a, a grudge against somebody else and, you, and, and you're holding on to a you can't forgive, you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive somebody else, that's what Aisha talked about this last week. Why does he care so much about that? Because that hinders What's happening as God is transforming our hearts. And so he's going to say, I'm going to speak into that because this is how much I love you. That's the kingdom of God. That's why when he talks about things like, like the things that we turn our back on God with, what we call sin, that's why he talks about sin. That's why he's saying, man, some of us look at that like it's just a bunch of religious rules. Jesus is going, no, this is about this relationship and that's hurting this relationship, that's scrambling this relationship, and so I'm going to speak into those things. And when he sees us do, to put things in front of God, when he sees us put other things in our life in front of God and say, that's where I'm finding my worth, that's where I'm finding my meaning, if we start to do that, then we've now idolized. That's what the Bible calls idolizing something, where we've, where we've made that a false god, and we start to, to lean on that instead. And so this subject is one that he knows. He knows all of us face it. All of us are tempted to go, man, my security is in what I have made or put aside or saved or put into retirement. That's my security. And God's going, man, not only could that be taken but you don't get to take that with you. And so he's going, man, is that becoming a little bit more of a God in your life, dare we say? We look at it and say, that's where I find meaning. That's, where I, that's where I, how I define success. That's where I feel power. All of those things. An idol is where, when we're putting any, more power to something than it ever intended to have. And that's what we do Sometimes with our possessions, with our finances, and, and it leads us to places that pull ourselves away from God. That's why this passage that Maurice read to us today is so, it's such a powerful passage because it's so, it's Jesus speaking into this person's life where he's struggling so much with the possessions that he has. And he's going, man, I just want to talk to you from a place of love and drawing you closer to my father. Look at, let's look, look at, it, what, at what it says again, okay? It says, good teacher, what shall I do so that I may inherit eternal life? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, you know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, don't defraud, honor your father and mother. And the guy says to him, teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth. See, it's a lot like us. We've been, I've been in church for most of my life, you might say. And I've kept most of these things, if not all of these things. I think I'm doing pretty good, right? There's nothing that's scrambling, in the, getting in the way, right? 
And Jesus says this, he says, and, 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 and this is absolutely key, these next couple of lines. Looking at him, Jesus showed love to him. We have to remember, this is Jesus' entire quest in our life. This is what he's pursuing us with, is to draw us closer to God. He has drawn us as close, he, he is transforming us and drawn us closer. And his whole job is around recognizing what those things that scramble this up is, is, is and what we can do about it. And so he looks at it with great love. The guy is not going to receive this with love. And sometimes in our life, we'll look at him and go, man, that doesn't feel like love. But this, that's all Jesus is at work doing. And so this is all about his love. He says, he says, looking at him, Jesus showed his love to him and said to him, one thing you lack. Now, a different translation of this passage says, if you really want to be complete. And I love that translation. If you really want to be complete. Man, you guys, that's the question for all of us. That's the journey we're all on for our entire life. If you really want to be complete. Because we have to answer that question. Do I want to be complete? Or do I, do I, do I don't mind that there's some things that are hindering and blocking and scrambling. Uh, do I want to be complete? Or is that just for the ultra-religious people? Do I want to be complete? Do I mind that, that, that I might have put something else in front of, of, of God in this? Do I mind do I really want to be complete? That's a, that's a question. That's not a question that you're asked once and then you go, yes, I remember I answered that question in a junior high camp. Now, this is a question that we ask every day. Do I really want to be complete? Do I want that transforming work to happen? Do I want God to be meddling in my life? Do I want Jesus to be at work? He's going, do you really want to be complete? And then he says something really hard to him. He says, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor and you'll have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. But he was deeply dismayed by these words and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. He owned a ton. He was, a, he was rich and really... That's all of us. It's all of us. I mean, I don't, don't make this just for someone that is rich in your mind. It's all of us. And he looks at it. He's, he looks at this man. He's going, I know that's where you're finding meaning. He's looking at him. He's going, I know that's where your security is. He's looking at him. He's going, I don't think there's room for God. I don't think there's room for God in this. Pretty scrambled. And he's looking at each one of us. And he knows our possessions and our, our, our money and our treasures. He knows sometimes there isn't room for God in that. And we feel it. And we see, feel some of the feelings that come from this. That's a good indicator of, of how things are going with it. 
I, I, Andy Stanley is a pastor in Atlanta, and, and he, talks, he talks about the feelings that come with this, and he actually gave us a list of, to, 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 to think about. Are, are these the feelings that come up when you're dealing with issues of, of finances? And look what he puts up. He says, he says, stressed, thankful, ashamed, confident, frustrated, weary, oblivious, pleased. When I saw this list, I thought to myself, man, I sure would be loving to live a lot of my life thankful and confident and, and pleased. But a lot of my life and my journey when it comes to this, when it comes to the issue of my finances and, or the lack thereof, it's around stressed and ashamed and frustrated and weary and oblivious. All of those things. Jeez, I'm just going to kick that on the floor. <laughs> That was my water from the last service. So I, I look at those things stressed and ashamed and frustrated and weary and, and oblivious, and I'm going, man, that describes too much of it. And maybe that tells me a little bit of where I'm at and what, where, where this, have I, have, has this become in some ways an idol to me. I want you to look at that list. Which words describe you? Which words describe your marriage? You know, the 50% of all divorces, that's the statistic I recently saw, where the, the, the argument started with something around our finances, something around this. Look at this next list, because Andy gives a second list too. Jealous, worried, insecure, optimistic, proud, annoyed, content, neutral, or apathetic. What words come out? When you look at, 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 at each one of those words, what are, the, what, are the, what are your own personal thoughts? Is that part of what scrambles your, that connection that you're feeling with the Lord? You carrying that a lot of the time? As you get closer to the, to the day that you're trying to reconcile your bank statement or you're trying to pay off your visa bill or, or you're trying to move and you can't figure out where to live or you're trying to pay off a student loan, are those the words that you look at? Are those the words that you feel? Are those the things that might be scrambling things up? See, God sees this, and, he's, and he looks at each one of us, and he says, I am going to give you a vehicle to help you. I'm going to give you a vehicle to help us in this space. And that vehicle is generosity. I want you to think about this. The vehicle's generosity. He says, man... If, you, if it's in your way, I want you to give it away. It's totally the opposite of what we would think. Because when our stress and our worry, it's a lot of times because we don't have enough. And he's saying, if it's in your way, I want you to give it away. Think about what that does. One, it meets the second part of those two great commands. To, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's meeting the need that's out there. It's saying, yes, I've got some, and I'm, and I'm helping somebody else. It's meeting that need. And, and I think a lot of us get that part. But the part that we don't get is the first part. The part that we don't get is the part where, it says, where, where he's, he's saying, love your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I'm transforming you. And I don't want anything to hinder that. We don't get that those things are hindering those things. And generosity is a vehicle that helps us say, okay, if that's hindering me, i got to give that away. So that I can grow here. You guys, this is why the word generosity is always linked with the word devotion. 
And we look at that as a guilt thing, but no, it's, 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 it's why it's linked to devotion because if we are devoted to our stuff, if that's where our loyalty is, if that's where all of our, all of our, it's my stuff, I'm devoted to that stuff, then we'll never give it away. You know, for me, there's 14 sticks in my garage with little metal heads on the ends of them. And I'm as devoted to my golf clubs as anything that I own. Those are my babies. When I take them to the, to the airport, I tell the person, you take care of these. This is my baby right here. And then I have to sign a waiver that says we'll, we might break them. And I hate signing that. Man, we've got our stuff that's our, that's our, that we are so devoted to. And he's going... What if your devotion was to, what that, to that question, do you want to be complete? What if that was truly our devotion? It's in the way. Give it away. But here's our question, though. We ask God, well, okay, okay, I get that. How devoted do I need to be? I mean, we might ask that question really, truly. How devoted do I really need to be? To still, to, to, to make it, to be all right, to be all right. Do, am I doing the right thing? How devoted do I need to be? I mean, the rich young ruler had to give it all away. Because Jesus is looking at him going, if you just gave a portion of this, that's not even going to touch your devotion to your stuff. And so he, gave, he had to give it all away. Are we supposed to give it all away? Is that what he's asking each one of us? And I don't think he's asking every one of us to give it all. He might be asking one of you to. And maybe, I don't know which one, but one of you might be needing to give it all away. But, he, but there's another passage. There's a passage in Corinthians that makes us feel a little bit better. Paul is writing to the people in Corinth, and he said, he said, each man or woman should give what he has found in his own heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, not through manipulation or anything else, because God loves a cheerful giver. Why does God love a cheerful giver? Because we know that I want this to be worked on. I want this relationship with me and the Lord to be worked on. I don't want to live in that stress. I don't want to live in that, that embarrassment. I want this to be worked on. And so I give cheerfully because that's working on this. That's my part in working on this. So God loves a cheerful giver. Well, we've loved that passage. I've loved that passage because I go, oh, good. Found my, my own heart to give. So I give 50 bucks once every couple of months. And that's what I found in my heart to give. But the reality is when Jackie and I were in that place, we didn't look in our heart. See, when it says you found in your heart to give, that implies that you're actually looking at your heart. And we weren't looking at our heart. We were checking a box. You're supposed to give. You're supposed to be generous. And so we do. And we check a box. But he's saying, man, each man or woman should give what they found in their own heart to give. Meaning, look at this. Look at it. Spend some time there. Where are you feeling those feelings? And why? Have we put all of our security there? Have I put all my weight in, in, in my stuff? And let's look at our hearts. Now, 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 some of you I know still say, I just need to know an answer. I just need to know what, how much. Just tell me how much, Lord. I don't know finding my own heart to give. Just tell me a number. 
What is enough to be devoted to you? And so that's where some of us know that there's some, there's some passages, especially in the Older Testament, around what's called a tithe, 10%. It was an agricultural term to, to give 10% of, of what you grew, uh, give that 10% away. It says this in Deuteronomy, it says, it, says, uh, it, it says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. See, see we look at that and we go, so 10%, is that what we're supposed to be doing, is giving 10%. You guys... When God sets that out, the way I look at this is God just goes, man, I know this entire subject's going to be hard for all of us, so I'm going to set a really low bar. How about just 10%? I'm going to set a low bar. And there are many of us that go, low bar? That is really hard to get to 10% of, of, and give it away. In fact, in America, the average amount people give in generosity to anything is 2.5%. And so we look at 10% and you're just going, uh, that's, that's a high, high bar. God's going, it's, I'm giving, I'm asking one-tenth as just an example of what this might look like to surrender and sacrifice that part as you draw closer to me. Man, this really played out, you guys. This really played out just this summer. Because my daughter Maggie, I got these milk duds here. And, and I didn't bring them up just because I need a little energy boost in the middle of a sermon, okay? My daughter Maggie and I have been fighting over these all summer. She has a job in Boulder and she comes back from Boulder and she stops at a store and she'll get some snack for herself. And every time, once in a while, it's milk duds. And she'll bring them home. And, and, and what happens is I'm pretty notorious for sneaking um, some of these. And so she'll get this box and then I'll just eat some. But the problem with milk duds is they make all kinds of noise. You can't just sneak one. So when I'm like shaking some milk dud out, because they open it up just a little tiny bit in the corner. And so I'm shaking out a milk dud, a milk dud, and, and, it, and it's making all the noise. And Maggie hears it and she says, Dad, quit eating all my, all my snacks. And so, so I, I finally, and so I, and, but I keep doing it. So finally, just, just a couple weeks ago, I, I, there's only 10 left. And, and so I'm looking at 10 left and I'm going, there were only 10 left and I wanted, I just wanted one. <laughs> and I told Maggie, can I have a milk dud? And she's going, no, you ate all the other ones. You can't have that one. And I'm saying, I just want one. And she goes, no, though the rest of those are mine. And I'm thinking to myself, you can't give me one. And then I started realizing, this is my sermon. <laughs> this is it. One, one. You can't give me one. You guys, God's going, you can't give me one. And here's what I have said back to God for most of my marriage. For most of my marriage, I've gone, um, Lord, no, I can't. But here's what I can give you. There, there, 2.5%. Here, here's what I've found in my own heart to give. And this is what I've done. This, this, it, come on, that's a lot, Lord. I'm keeping nine and three quarters of them. And you can have this little piece. You guys, our problem, and I know i got to wrap this thing up, but our problem, you guys, our problem is we're asking the wrong question. 
We're asking God, how much do I have to be devoted to you? What, how, what's the number? We're asking a question of devotion. And God's going, man, this is a matter of your heart. This isn't just a matter of a number. Think about it. What if I went to Jackie and said, hey, Jackie, how devoted do you really want me to be? How devoted do you want me to be? How about if I'm like 90% devoted? Is that good? How about 60% devoted? How about I'll flirt with just one girl. I won't flirt with seven of them. Is that devoted enough? How about if I'll pursue you with about 65% of me? Is that enough? And the rest, you know, you have to just deal with. Man, I would never ask that question of Jackie. How, how devoted is enough? I don't want Jackie to just go, man, this is a matter of our heart. And I am devoted to you as your husband. And I am going to pursue you with all I've got. And God is going, man, this is a matter of devotion. And I want this to be something where you and me are working through this together. And if this is something that's getting in the way of us, then give it away. I want you to see that the end of that passage in Deuteronomy. The end of that passage says this, when that 10%, that 10% he says, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. See, this is all about this connection we have with God. Do I want that? Do I want that connection? Am I committed to that connection? Do I want him to work on my life in that connection? Do I want him to eliminate things that are, that are getting in the way of that connection? Do I want to keep pursuing that with all that I've got in that connection? Do I want to revere that connection? Do I want to be devoted to that connection? Well, if something's in the way of that, then God, help me to use the vehicles that you give me to, step, to get away, give away some of that. So that that connection is where I want it to, where it, can, where it really needs to be. The key word to me in that last little part that, that, that is in Deuteronomy is that so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. See, we're, in a, we're, in a, we're on a journey. We're learning this. We're growing in this. This isn't something that you start just running as hard as you can. And this is something that we grow in. As I answer that question, do I want to be God to be working on this? And do I want to work on this? That's part of the journey together. Jackie and I have been on that journey around our finances. We felt way too many of those, those feelings that are listed. Felt way too many of them. We felt like we were just checking a box with what we were given. And so someone gave us some advice. They said, you know, I want you to try to give a percentage giving instead of just a number. Instead of just throwing out 50 bucks or 100 bucks and just letting it sit over there and not thinking about it, I want you to start thinking in, in, in more of goals. And so for us, we, we started thinking goals. We started talking together about goals around giving. And, and we realized that we were giving about 1.9%. And then we, we thought, all right, then in the next couple of years, what if that moved up to three and a half or four? And what if that moved up a little bit more and what happened over just these last couple of years and really as, as we continue on that journey together, we're up to 9.1%. And I don't say that to brag at all because you guys, I'm giving less than a milk dud. Less than one. But it's part of Jackie and my journey. 
as we're seeing things happen as we're given, we're not only seeing that, that people are blessed, but we're seeing God taking part of what we have been carrying for so long. Guilt, shame, embarrassment, frustration, a whole lot of envy. And as we continue this journey, those words are starting to fall away and content and peace. Those words are replacing them. And that's God at work in our journey. And I hope that I could stand before you guys in a couple of years and say we're giving two milk debts. I hope I can say we're giving two and a half milk debts. Because I know that a journey doesn't stop at one number because it's a, not about a number, it's about a journey. Now, where do you give? Well, of course you give to the church. No, no, no. Where do you give? Here's a great way to think about that. I love what Andy Stanley said about this. He said, he said this is a heart matter. And so give to two places, where you're most thankful and where your heart breaks. Give to those two places. If you're super thankful about what you see around here, give to this. But if you're not, you don't believe in the vision, then don't. If you're very thankful about something you see out there that somebody's doing, give to it. And what breaks your heart? My grandpa died of Alzheimer's. Should I be given to the Alzheimer's fundraising to, to, to find the cure to Alzheimer's? Yeah, if that breaks my heart, that's where we should give. Look for places that you're thankful. Look for places, the places that break your heart. Spend some time with the Lord. What are you finding in your heart as you learning about who you, your connection with the Lord? That's what he wants from each one of us. He wants that for, as a church, you guys. Do you know how many churches in the midst of all of this COVID and a pandemic, how many churches are so scared to death of their finances right now and they're on the verge of closing and every focus has now become around the finances and there's all those thoughts? What we have tried to do, even in the reality of where we're facing financially as a church, is we want to continue to be generous and no strings attached generosity because we believe that as a church body, if it's in the way, give it away. And from this place, let's trust the Lord together. That's where we want to be as a church. And that's our journey individually. That's your journey with your spouse. That's your journey with your family. If it's in the way, give it away. Because I want to be connected to my Lord. And I don't want anything in the way of that. Father, I pray today that, that uh, in, in a subject that so many of us feel isolated on and we have chosen isolation and we're so afraid of talking to anybody else about it. And every time it's ever brought up because of those feelings, we stiff arm it. We push it away. We say, I don't want to talk about it. And it makes us squirm. God, all of those things, that's all scrambled. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to, 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 to come face to face with those things. Recognize and admit out of pure humility where we might have even elevated those things into places where you're supposed to be. 
And then Lord, we surrender. We ask you to work on our hearts. And if that's taking sacrifice to do that, Lord, we pray that you would help us to take that step. Because yes, Lord, I want you to work on my heart. I want you to take away the things that scramble me and you together. God, I want you to work on that. And I pray that you would continue to work on it, even in my resistance. And we thank you that you love us that much. It's in your name we pray. Amen.